Hunt, fish, listen, repeat. Broadcasting from the Camp Grilling Studios, this is Sporting Journal Radio. Presented by OnX. Know where you stand with OnX. That's a new personal best bike here. Now here's your host, Brett Amundsen. All right, welcome to the show. I'm Brett Amundsen. Thanks for tuning in on this station right here by downloading the podcast or listening on demand at sportingjournalradio.com. On the road today is Dan Amundsen. Dan, where are you at right now? Looking at a pretty angry, gnarly Leech Lake right now. Oh, really? Up in Walker. Yeah, pretty, pretty stiff northwest wind, so there's a... Uh, not a lot of boats out, and the ones that are out are bouncing around pretty good. It's uh, a nice day to go run some errands, uh, drink a coffee, or go fish a smaller lake. I know you spent this week up at Leech fishing in some of the area lakes. I want to find out how you did and where you found fish, what you did to catch fish while you're up there. We'll talk about that coming up in just a little bit. Our old radio pal, Doug Lear from the North Dakota Game and Fish Department is going to join us. We're going to talk about the early Canada goose season, which is about to get started. What kind of conditions are you going to find if you go driving across North Dakota looking for geese? We'll find out. Lucas Mertens from Haybale Heights Campground Resort in Devil's Lake to join us to talk about farming conditions and what the harvest might look like for you goose hunters out there. Plus, he'll give us a conditions report from Devil's Lake. What are lake levels like right now? We'll find out. Joe Henry will check in from Lake of the Woods and uh, let us know how he's catching fish up there. And Eric Osberg is going to talk about Ottertail County and what sort of hunting opportunities there are there. And then also talk about what lake conditions are like and where they're finding walleyes right now, too. Dan, who are our sponsors this week? We've got Haybell Heights Campground and Resort. Book a trip to Devil's Lake. Start thinking this winter. Learn more at haybellheights.com. Ottertail Lakes Country. Find your inner otter at ottertaillakescountry.com. Lake of the Woods Tourism. Lake of the Woods is the walleye capital. Plan a trip for this summer or fall or winter at lakeofthewoodsmn.com. Camp Grayling. Catch the Grand Slam. Lake Trout Pipe Grayling and Walleye. Fish Camp Grayling in Saskatchewan. On X. Norris Stand with On X. Mid-Migration Outfitters, come on waterfall out of heated 10-man pits and comfortable lines. Learn more info at midmigrationoutfitters.com. And Prairie Sportsman, the new season wrapped up earlier this year. Watch episodes on the Prairie Sportsman YouTube channel or check your TV guide for rerun time. That's right. You can watch that show in so many places and so many times and, of course, on YouTube as well, too. And we're actually going to be filming up at uh, Red Lake this week. And this is an interesting opportunity for anglers. Uh, it's it's always interesting when we go to Red Lake because as a Minnesotan, you're essentially buying a non-resident license to fish in Minnesota. Although technically you're within the borders of Minnesota, but you're on the Red Lake Nation. So you're not in Minnesota any longer. You can buy a one day license for $10 to fish there. And normally they've got some winter fishing opportunities where you can do tr- do some trout fishing. Dan, you got to experience that for the first time uh, a couple of years up, ago up there. That was pretty neat, huh? Sure did. It is cool. It's, it's a gorgeous area. You know, I lived 45 minutes from there for a few years and you kind of get into that another land and it's it's beautiful it's way more beautiful than the other areas you live in or i was in and the fishing was great there's uh, good times and, and and good fishing so in the winter they stock uh well in the winter they, they stock these trout lakes with rainbows and brookies and there's four of them that uh that 
we can, you know, non-tribal residents can come and fish in the wintertime. You do have to hire a guide and then he can come fish and, and catch your five stream trout fish there. And then they close the other lakes, but in the summer they have a number of other lakes that are open for the same opportunity. You have to hire a guide and buy a Red Lake fishing license. It's 10 bucks. And we're going to go out there with Darwin Sumner and target big crappies and, and ba- do some bass fishing. And he said the bass fishing is kind of unique. So we're going to learn a little bit about bass fishing opportunities uh, on the Red Lake Nation and we'll film it for an episode of Prairie Sportsman coming up uh, next season. And as you said, Dan, that's not far from where you're at right now up at Leach. How's fishing been this week? Well, I'll sum it up in a few short words. It's August in northern Minnesota, very clear water and Leech Lake. It's not known for its late summer bite, but there's still a lot of walleyes in the lake. And as we've learned over the last few years, you can still get find, find ways to get them to eat. You just got to change up your spots and relate to a lot of weeds. So we found a lot of our fish in you know, deeper water. If you can get into 25, 30 feet, which isn't always the case on Leech, but in some areas you can do it. So you'll find fish, uh, a lot of main lake structure, out on the rocks even still. Um, crawler harnesses were okay, but uh, jigging rafts were the way we brought home some walleyes. And that's slowly, well, not slowly, quickly becoming one of my favorite uh, mid to late summer tactics for walleyes. It's, it's aggressive, it's fun, it's, you're always doing something, and uh, it's a fun reaction bite. And you did some bass fishing with uh, some of the live target frogs? Yeah, we took some of the old hollow bodies out and uh, hit a couple of different lakes, and they've been doing their job. They're fun. That's If I'm going to bass fish, that's the way I'm, I want to do it is on top water. And uh, we've gotten to see a fair amount of blow-ups and gotten to use the, the old Mustad Instinct rods, which have been handling those fish and yanking them out of the weeds pretty well. And it's uh, it's been a fun week of, of messing around with some of this new gear we got at ICAST. Yeah, we don't bass fish that often, but when we do, it's fun to do top water like that and fish those frogs. That's probably uh, the most exciting way to do it. For oh, sure, hundred percent. You know, pulling a jig is is okay, but drop shots are okay. But there's nothing like a top water explosion. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, there is a bill that we're watching right now that's important. We're running out of time to talk about it this week, but it's something you should be aware of. It's HR 1808, and it's banning the most popular semi-automatic rifles in America, many popular semi-automatic shotguns, and the magazines that come with firearms commonly used for self-defense. It would also, according to the NRA, it would also put millions of existing gun owners at risk of committing a federal felony for simply transferring a covered gun to another person. So they're trying to eliminate private gun sales. So like even you passing down your shotgun to a, uh, to your son and her daughter or a family member, they're, they're going to make it real difficult to do that right now. Uh, not sure on the success of this passing it's passed the house. It's got to pass the Senate. It sounds like, I think we know how the senators from Minnesota would probably vote, unfortunately. So it might be time to contact uh, contact your representatives and make sure that this doesn't have a chance to pass. This is a, this is like, this is a big deal. And we will try to break this down more in future shows here and get, uh, maybe try to get someone from the NRA or get some, some people that are more well-versed in what this bill means and, uh, what, what it could, how it could affect you and, and me for that matter. 
coming up on another per, uh, episode of Sporting Journal Radio. All right, we got some fishing reports coming up, and we'll talk to Doug Lear when we come back. 852 million acres of public land, 147 million private properties, all in the palm of your hand. On X Hunt, the number one hunting GPS app just got better. With hundreds of custom map layers, 3D and topographic maps, you can easily scout on the road or at home before you go. And now you can get important weather details, CWD detection, and even know what crops have been planted where. Get the most trusted hunting GPS app ever made. Onyx. Know where you stand with Onyx Hunt. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, once again, it's time to talk to our old radio pal, Doug Lear from the North Dakota Game and Fish Department. Doug, how you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great, Brett. It's, it's always fun to chat the outdoors with you. And it's, I'm, I'm, I'm one of those fans. I, I enjoy being on your show. But I have to tell you, last weekend, uh, my son and I were driving up to Minot, and we, we took the back roads all the way up there through Cavalier and Langdon and Rolla and Belcourt and Botno. And, and it, it was fun to be outdoors and listening to you. And the week before that, I've been doing some of our upland game surveys. Those are early in the morning, our, our summer brood runs. So it's fun to listen to you on the radio. And it's just as fun to talk with you on the radio. Well, I, I appreciate that, Doug. Of course, you're one of my longest running guests for this show way back when, when, it, when it, the whole thing first started. So it's uh, I, I enjoy having you on the show as well. And I'm a little ashamed to admit it, especially when I lived in North Dakota for 12 years. But when we came back from Saskatchewan this year, Doug, we came through Portal and then kind of worked our way down through Minot there. And there was a stretch that I'd never been through before. And really? And I was driving along. I'm like, this is this is beautiful country up here, first of all. You know, a lot of people, when they think of North Dakota, you think of, uh, you know, flat agricultural land until you get out to the, to you know, western North Dakota, you get into the Badlands, or you go through, like, you know, Valley City and Jamestown areas like that. But, and I obviously got the Turtle Mountains up there, but there's that stretch. I don't know if that's, is that like the Suris River up there, maybe the valley that we were kind of rolling along? I wasn't even, I wasn't quite paying oh, attention. Sure. But then up on the hillsides, there's these big numbers. There's a stretch of I don't know if it's class graduate graduating years or something like that. But it was it was a really beautiful stretch in North Dakota that I'd never been through before, Doug. My mind is putting you like maybe north and west of Minot up near like maybe Upper Suris Refuge or Galax Refuge, maybe somewhere. That's exactly there. Yes, exactly where it was. Yeah. And, and and you're you're right again. Whether it's the lakes of Minnesota or South Dakota or North Dakota, there's so many places that might have just like a snapshot of something really unique. You mentioned the Turtle Mountains or down in your backyard. I remember some of the first times I was through Browns Valley and down through uh, Mud Lake and Lake, Lake Traverse. And you just go, whoa, this is really cool. When some people from Fargo get down to the Cheyenne National Grasslands, which is literally just like a half hour away from Fargo, they're just shocked and surprised. They're they're not realizing how close some of the really unique nature spots can be. And it's just a matter of like yourself, uh, Brett is just intentionally saying, instead of taking the same route, let's try something different and who knows what we might find. And that's exactly what it was. It was just an area that we, you know, normally we'd come down through Pembina or we cross a Pembina most of the time when we cross because it's just it's just a, a shot up I-29 right up to the border and personally when I go to Canada I like to cross the border as fast as I can just to, just because just because yeah. if, the, if there's something that happens at the border whatever the border agent is having a bad day that day and they decide they don't like the way you look and <laughs> turn you around I don't have that far to go home 
but uh, <laughs> I've never had any problems. In fact, this year it was the it was the best crossing I've ever had going into Canada. It was great. The border agent was uh, was really nice. He's like, "Oh man, I can't believe you guys get to fish, you know, for your job." And <laughs> you just you guys just go around fishing and filming it and vlogging it. I said, "Yep." Because oh man, that's amazing. All right, have a nice day. Have fun. It's like thank you very much. But yes, yeah, coming. Mine was in mine was in similar as my son and I were listening to you on the radio and I, I've never just sat down and, you know, kind of pointed some stuff out and we're listening. Like, you know, I knew, I knew Brett back in the day before he made it big and he kind of looked at me like, yeah, right. You played football with Tom Brady, right? Too. Like, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's a perfect comparison, by the way. I'm just, I'm oh, the absolutely. Tom Brady of outdoor radio. <laughs> well, you both got a little scruff. I, I haven't seen who yeah, you're, right. you know, who you're hanging out with, but, um, I, not not supermodels. Let's just oh, okay. let's just establish that right now. Are you forty five? I'm forty six. Oh, okay. Well, uh, I think Tom Brady just turned forty five this week, so you're close. Very you're, close. You're, you're close. That, so you and Tom Brady got a lot in common. I think I could still play in the NFL though. So <laughs> well, there, there's there's some days when Kirk Cousins is doing what he's doing. You're probably not wrong. <laughs> That's right. Well, it was it was a neat, you know, and that whole uh, that wildlife refuge that was up there that was a big body of water there as well too like that was just a whole area i just never spent a lot of time up there but it was uh it was fun just to come back through and i remember when i first moved to north dakota doug and i'd hear about guys hunting over in this part of the state and over in that part of the state this and that and i just you know being in a new state new area i didn't really know where any of these things were there were a couple of times where i just jumped in the truck and drove you know and just drove around and you know there's there's North Dakota gets such a bad rap for, um, you know, for being flat or, or, or vertically challenged or whatever, whatever you want to say. But there's so many areas that aren't like there's so many. And it's not just in the West or, you know, in the North. Or, I mean, there's there's pockets of of really beautiful scenic country all over the place. You're right. And sometimes we North Dakotans, we take pride in how flat we are. Where, sure. where else can you watch your dog run away for three days? Three days. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Or, but I, I'm guilty of the same thing is, and, and maybe that's a little bit of a, a back summer challenge is exploring a new spot because it was last year. My son reminded me, I'm, I'm referencing a lot, but we've been spending a lot of time outdoors. And he said, you know, I was looking back through my Google photos that popped up on this memory and it was a year ago on this day we went to the Straight River for the first time fly fishing. I'm like, gosh, it was. And I had, living in Fargo, it's, I don't know, like an hour and a half drive. And I had never been there before. And as a as a, died, a, a diehard North Dakotan, I had to admit when I got up there, I was like, okay, why did I wait so long? Why did I let the Red River and a geographical boundary between Minnesota and North Dakota keep me from experiencing something as cool as that. And I, I have to tell you, I, I'm guilty as charged, but I'm starting to become a convert and enjoying some of those spots, even if they're in Minnesota. <laughs> That's so funny. I I never realized, and, and a lot of this is, uh, you know, is in jest or whatever, but I never realized just how much of a, you know, there's there's definitely some anti-Minnesota bias going on in North Dakota. 
And, and a lot of that just stems from the fact that a lot of people in North Dakota don't need to travel to Minnesota to enjoy some of the outdoor opportunities because there's there's so many in North Dakota. Whereas you know, for Minnesotans, a lot of times if we want to experience some of those some of those things, we have to go to North Dakota. But it, I, <laughs> there I'm was, mad enough to say I'm guilty. I'm it, mad enough to say I'm guilty. <laughs> there is a rivalry there for a while. Yeah, and and truth be told, there is there's something to be said for a walleye is a walleye, and you catch sure. a walleye on Lake of the Woods or Devil's Lake. You go down to McIntosh and Logan County. I think that's maybe that's one of the one of the barriers. What with what you've done, and I'm being totally honest because where you've lived where you've worked and where you're at now, you're, you're really kind of breaking down some of those barriers and just saying, Hey guys, if you've you know never been Sandhill crane hunting, you got to give it a try. If you haven't been rough grouse hunting in Minnesota, what are you waiting for? Don't get me wrong. I, I miss the opportunities that North Dakota offers because you can do pretty much everything there. But Minnesota's got, Minnesota is, is an unbelievable state when it comes to outdoor opportunities too. And, 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 you know, North Dakotans don't have to think about Minnesota, but when I travel south or east or some other parts of the country and I, and I, and I start talking about our public waters, you know, or even our public lands where, I, where you can go walk for grouse or pheasants or whatever the case may be. And they're like, you can, you can do what? You, yeah. And you don't, you mean you don't need to pay a special license for that? I'm like, well, you need a hunting license, but not any other, you don't have to pay for access to the lake. And you can do it on Sundays. Yeah, you can do it on, <laughs> you can do it on Sundays. You know, the the outdoor opportunities that we have in both states or even South Dakota, Wisconsin, or any of these states here in our region are, are pretty, we're pretty fortunate for what we have here, Doug. Yeah, you're, you're spot on. I think we can all, if we look at, if we look in the mirror, and we get honest with ourselves. We can we can realize just how fortunate we are, whether it's in Fargo or Devil's Lake or Detroit Lakes, wherever you're at, you're really just at your own limitation. I mean, it, it, your own imagination is the only thing that's going to hold you back. Your own initiative to just like like you and I have just said, take a different route, intentionally explore a different spot, and now with the accessibility via the internet in Google maps and, and checking stuff out, you probably, you, you probably have even more incentive to, to do that because there's, you can't say, Oh, I guess I would have never thought of that because you can, you can listen to, to Brett talk or Doug talk about it on the radio, do a quick Google and check it out and say, man, I got to go there. Well, it's, and you should, and it, you know, speaking of, uh, of grouse hunting, that's one thing I never did. I never did uh, rough grouse hunting. In North Dakota, I never went. I obviously shot sharpies over there, but never had the chance to shoot uh, rough grouse. And there's a couple places you can do it, mostly up kind of in the north central or north uh, eastern part of the state there. But is there? I mean, is that something you got? You had some counts come out recently, Doug. Is that a realistic? Could a guy come over there and and find a grouse or two? Could. Kirk Cousins get you a first down on third and eight. He could, but he's more likely on third and eight to get you to get you four yards. We do have rough grouse populations in the Turtle Mountains, north central North Dakota, and then also up in the Pemmon Hills. We're never going to be confused with the rough grouse that you have in Minnesota. But there's also that challenge of yeah. saying, I went rough grouse hunting in North Dakota and I bagged one. I went sharp tail grouse hunting in North Dakota and Hungarian partridge and pheasant hunting. And you can do your own little version of a, of an upland game grand slam. And, and that's, that's where you can make it what you want. Our, our sharp tail grouse numbers 
are down from last year. Not a shocker, a surprise. If you remember a year ago at this time, we were talking about just a severe drought. Hmm. And that severe drought with the limitations on habitat, the grassland that we lost last summer, it didn't all come back with the rains this year. And we, we're seeing that in our production this year, that the long-term impacts of that drought, we're, we're happy to have the rains back and a lot of the grassland and the hayland and the CRP, but it's not going to bounce back that quickly. So I, I don't think it's a big shock or a big surprise when people are going to hear that our, our sharp-tailed grouse numbers are down and our partridge numbers are off. Our spring crow counts for pheasants were down. We just started our upland game brood surveys the, the mid part of July. So we don't have any concrete numbers. I've been doing my counts and talking to some of the other biologists. And part of it kind of ties into some other conversations that you've had is the the late spring, the long winter, kind of set back the hatch just a little bit. Then with the grassland coming back, you've got maybe some smaller pheasants than you would have expected. They've got more concealment than they had last year. Last year, if you saw uh, a pheasant brood, they were sticking out like a sore thumb because there was no grassland for them to hide. And this year, it's a little bit different. So maybe a little less production. Then there's also a little tougher to, to find them in the grass that's out there as well. You know, that's it's interesting. And uh, our counts in Minnesota were unexpectedly up, not only for rough grouse, but for sharp tails. Oh. You got to always take those, those counts of the grain of salt a little bit, I think. I, I look at it again. I'm, I'm, I'm not. Maybe it's because the uh, the training camp started for the Vikings, but the, everybody's a Super Bowl champion in training camp. At the beginning, you know, the yeah. numbers, <laughs> the, the preseason, the preseason predictions are just that. And I don't necessarily always doubt some of the numbers. It's like when we have some of our test netting for walleye. We go, man, there's walleye in there, and guys, well, we're not catching them. Well, there's a lot of natural forage in there, so it's making it harder for you to catch. So just because maybe you're not finding grouse or finding fish in, in the lake doesn't mean they're not necessarily there. It just might be some other factors that are coming into play. So I think one thing that we can agree on is North Dakota, our Canada, our early Canada goose season opens up on, on August 15th. And unfortunately for farmers and ranchers and landowners, our, early, our, our Canada goose numbers are strong. So if you are a Canada goose hunter, and it doesn't matter if you're from South Dakota or Minnesota, these days in our August season don't count against your regular fall license. I said they don't count against your fall North Dakota non-resident hunting days for waterfowl. And the season opens up on August 15th and we're going to have, we're going to have more Canada geese than what the farmers and ranchers want. That's for sure. Well, that's good. I was going to ask about that because I know, uh, I don't know if some of these fields are going to be off by August 15th. And it's always a hot hunt. There's always a lot of mosquitoes, and it's it can be a challenge. We've had some of the best hunts of our lives in uh, the early season in, in North Dakota, and we've also had some of the worst hunts of our lives. So yeah. um, we're probably going to focus on fishing yet this year, but uh, I, I was curious to see what you thought and how, how, how you thought hunters would do this year for the early season. When I was traveling back from Minot last Saturday, I saw my first combine uh, in between Minot and Bismarck in the Washburn area. I saw another one in between Jamestown and Bismarck. You're right. It was a late spring plant. It's going to be a later harvest than usual. So when August 15th rolls around, you might find some fields in, in southern North Dakota, south central North Dakota that are off, but it's not going to be anything like what hunters would want to have and maybe what the expectations are when the when the season opens up. But the good news is 
with modern day farming, once that crop gets ripe, they can get those fields taken off in a hurry. And, and maybe just maybe, you know, in a matter of uh, days or weeks, maybe we'll have some advancements, but that that's a great reminder. If hunters are planning on traveling to North Dakota, that the, the small grain harvest is delayed compared to past years. So if you've got some farmers that you typically go or some areas you typically go, might be good to, to make a phone call, call the, Call the farmer that you know or call the, you know, maybe the gas station, the cafe, the watering hole, pick up the phone. Uh, give our, you can give our game and fish offices a call and, and we'd be more than happy. We've got district offices in Devil's Lake and Jamestown, Harvey, Riverdale, Bismarck. And uh, you can give myself a call. We'd be more than happy to try to give you the best information that we can for somebody that's going to be traveling to North Dakota shooting Canada geese when the season opens. How's the e-posting been going? We just actually wrapped up the second year of e-posting, and I think here pretty soon we should know the total the total numbers. But from the preliminary from the preliminary data that I heard about, we did have an increase in landowner participation, and I think there might have been uh, a similar amount of land posted. That and it'll be interesting to hear the final results. But again. Comparing it to last year, I think we still have a, a pretty functional system for resident landowners to post their land electronically. It's still not open for non-residents. There's still some struggles that we're working through to, to do that. But for hunters traveling to North Dakota, yeah, if you've never been here before, you'll need to make sure that you brush up on electronic posting as opposed to if, it's, if, you, if you were here five years ago, if you were here two years ago the dynamics of hunting have changed in north dakota and we've got a lot of great information uh if you're into onyx if you check out the game and fish department website you can find some really good tools to help you once you get to your spots or know where you're going to be hunting at to find out if that land has been a lot electronically posted brett yeah i know a lot of people were weren't real happy about the situation. And I mean, from a guy that used to waterfall hunt, he could drive around and if he didn't have signs, it was, it was fair game. I can see an extra step being a little frustrating, but realistically Onyx has it right in their app. You can look to see what lands are electronically posted. And it's, it's once you do that, once you look it up, it's real easy to find out, isn't it? For the people that are disappointed in the change that did take place, I'll tell you, that it's, it's better than flipping the switch and going to all lands posting. Yes, I agree. So the, the alternative was definitely not preferred. And, and, and you're right. I think it's, it's like everything else. Once you use a, a, a new fish locator, once you use a new tool or a piece of equipment, it gets easier every time you've done it. And you, you need to tell yourself that I'm going to give myself some time figure out how this works just like any other new you know new tool that you buy yeah. and you know you buy a new you buy a new phone you get a new app you sit down and you mess around with it that's the same thing that you need to do with this you, uh, you buy a new shotgun you buy some new equipment some new optics you want to figure out how to best use them consider this like maybe a, a new spotting scope or some kind of new optics that you've got and figure out how you can best utilize it to give yourself the clearest picture of where you can hunt or where you cannot hunt that reminds me, I need to buy a new shotgun. Okay, <laughs> just always. And and I, this is a little off topic, Doug, but did you see this new bill that's maybe going through about banning some semi-automatic shotguns? 
Have, have you no, seen this yet? I didn't. Yeah. Where? Uh, well, it's part of this uh, part of this assault weapons to regulate. It's HR 1808 to regulate assault weapons to ensure that the right to keep and bear arms is not unlimited, but for other and for other purposes. But it's uh, I don't know. I have to look into it. I'm going to look into it here a little bit. But it's uh, semi-automatic pistols, semi-automatic shotguns, semi-automatic. Assault weapon. Oh, my gosh. Don't get me started on all this. All right. I won't make you get into this one, Doug, because this could be a whole, this could be a long one. So, we'll, yeah. what What else, is there anything else that anyone that's going to hunt or fish in North Dakota here in the near future, is there anything else that should be on their radar at all? Plots guides should be coming out available here the mid part of August online, and that's the the flip side of electronic posting. If you've never been to North Dakota or if you've been here before, you know what I'm talking about, private land, open to sportsmen. That's one of the best tools that you can have to find places to hunt, along with a lot of other uh, useful information when you are heading outdoors across North Dakota. So that would be the other thing that I would remind you of. And regardless of where you're hunting, once you start hunting migratory birds, whether it's doves or Canada geese, you're going to need a new harvest information program number, a new HIP number, and that's not just a North Dakota thing. You'll need your HIP number, whether you're a Minnesota hunter, South Dakota, North Dakota, wherever you're hunting migratory game, that's a that's a federal requirement. So, yeah, the, the time is here. It's time to it, – it's, it's game on, man. Best time of the year. It's almost it here. Is. I love it. it Doug Lear, North Dakota Game and Fish Department, always great to have you on the show. Thanks for the time once again this week. Yeah, hey, thanks so much, and keep up the great work. I enjoy the show. Thanks, Doug. Did you know there are more than 1,000 lakes in Ottertail County? Yep, and I'm going to fish as many as I can. I'm an outdoorsy otter. Nothing beats a full day of fishing for me. The lakes of Ottertail County give me plenty of options to lower my boat and snag the perfect catch. Not an outdoorsy otter? No problem. Ottertail County has something for everyone. You just need to find your inner otter. To find your inner otter, go to ottertaillakescountry.com. All right, now we're going to head up to Haybell Heights Campground Resort on Devil's Lake to check in with Lucas Mertens. Lucas, how's it going, man? Hey, everything is good. Uh, we're in uh, full summer swing here. I can't believe how fast summer is going by already. I know. I mean, we're into August already, and I feel like, um, you know, we just got, you know, campers in and boats on the water with our late spring. But um, you know, I guess that's the way it is in a short season up here. Yeah, you're looking forward to winter already, and and I want to talk about what's going on this summer. But you're actually you you got winter on your brain right now, don't you? Well, I don't know if I got it on my brain, but it's just <laughs> things that we have to do. And yeah, I'm actually pulling a snow bear home right now. Um, just had it maintenance up and gone through, and um, we try to do that in the summer, so we're ready to go when ice hits. It's not quite on my mind yet, but <laughs> I mean, we're getting we're getting there. Well. It's a, it's obviously a big part of big part of your business and big part of the season up on Devil's Lake, so it's good to be prepared for it. But yeah, let's let's not get ahead of ourselves. We've got some summertime left, and you know, I, I walleye fishing can be tough in uh, in the, the the old dog days of summer when it gets to be this time of year. But there's a few places I think you can go where walleye fishing can be really good. And I know last time I fished there in the open water, Lucas was August, and and we caught all kinds of walleyes up there. So that's the nice thing about Devil's Lake. You can kind of fish it however you want to do it. I mean, there's guys pulling spinners. There's people pulling crankbaits. There's people slip bobbering. Uh, actually, um, there's people still throwing crankbaits up in the shallows and catching nice fish. So pretty big variety of, uh, of 
techniques that you can use to, to catch the fish on Devil's Lake. So where we're at here in western Minnesota, it's been real hot. It's been really dry. Um, a lot of our lakes are down. Our little ponds are uh, are real low right now. I'm a little a little nervous about uh, about this waterfall season coming up. What what's the lake like right now up there at Devil's Lake? Devil's Lake's had one of the biggest rises it's ever had in its history. We came up almost close to three and a half, three point seven five feet. So we got lots of water up here. Water level is um, probably about just leveled off now, and yeah, the, the water levels are, are really good up in the basin here. Wow, that's crazy. You know, we did have we had a lot of water this spring, but you know, down I think I think a lot of those weather patterns have been missing us to the north. So you've probably been dead center in a lot of those. Yeah, we've been uh, I would say a little bit on the wet side. Even um, well, we have been on the wet side since. Uh, well, it started about in April when we got about two and a half inches of rain on the frozen ground. And then it just kind of continued from there. So what, what's that meant for your farming? Yeah, farming was a little bit delayed this year. Um, it was probably the latest we've ever been in the fields. And there was a lot of preventive plant, uh, a lot of fields that didn't get put in. But all the sloughs and the ponds are all full. So we should have a, you know, a good duck uh, habitat you know, for this fall. Oh, good. So has it been, uh, uh, it's been a good walleye year up there? Yep. Yeah, a lot of numbers. Uh, there's a lot of bass being caught. There's a lot of actually perch being caught right now, too. Hmm. So that's always kind of a good indicator of, you know, we might have a real good bite, you know, for the perch. Um, there's just, uh, there's a lot of them out there right now. And we're kind of looking forward to getting into those this winter and the snow bears. And hopefully we get some good early ice and keep the snow away and, and we can have a good season. Well, that's always the that's always the goal, and I'm looking forward to. It. We need to get up there this year, Lucas, and do some ice fishing. So we'll, we should get that uh, we should get that scheduled because I haven't been up there for a couple of years. I'd like to get back up there, and um, for sure, tough to beat perch fishing on Devil's Lake in the winter and walleyes for that matter. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, um, if people want to book a trip and fish out of one of your snow bears at Hay Bale this winter, what should they do? Um, they can call me direct seven zero one three five one three one three zero. They can go to our website, haybaleheights.com, or they can look at our Facebook page. Haybale Heights, Campground and Resort, Devil's Lake, Lucas Mertens. Thanks for the time today on the show. Thanks for having me. Devil's Lake is legendary, and this summer has been legendary for walleyes. Don't miss out. Call Haybale Heights Campground and Resort today to book one of their modern cabins on East Bay. The cabins are furnished with a full bathroom, kitchen, and all the amenities like high-speed internet and are clean following CDC guidelines. Staying at Haybale Heights gives you full access to a private boat launch, fish cleaning station, and beach area. Learn more at haybaleheights.com. That's haybaleheights.com. Plan your trip to legendary Devil's Lake today. Now Joe Henry joins us from Lake of the Woods Tourism. He's been on the lake all day today. Joe, how's it going? Hey, it's going good, man. I was fishing. What what, uh, what else can you ask for, eh? Yeah, not bad, not bad. How How's fishing been up there? Uh, fishing's been good. Fishing's been good. You know, we, uh, you know, it's still Lake of the Woods. It's still fishing. You still got to find the fish. You still got to figure things out. And, you know, it's, uh, but, but overall it's been really good. We got, uh, you know, some of the some of the anglers are saying there's not as many fish on the basin. Um, this time of year, normally out in that middle of the lake, that's where those fish are setting up. There's some fish out there, but there's still fish hanging more towards structure and shorelines. People are still catching fish, walleyes they're referring to, jigging, which normally this time of year is mainly pulling spinners and, and uh, pulling crankbaits. But uh, we're, we're getting them jigging too still. So it's kind of a weird year, and I don't know if it's because of the 
the higher water than normal or what it is. But, uh, but thankfully, you know, like I talked to a charitable group that came in today. And of course, they got their they all got their limits, and and uh, fishing's been very good um, in that regard. Well, you hear about some of the other lakes, you know, like some of the prairie lakes where the water levels have have fluctuated over the years. You start getting that much water, and all of a sudden you're you're starting to fish. It, it's almost like fishing a new lake in in spots because there's new structure, there's deeper water in places where you know fish might be able to sneak into that they wouldn't before. Your water temperature might change in different areas, so you might have to look in some new places. Well, and, and to all those points, those are all really good points. And then on top of that, there's more current than normal. So when you got more current ripping through the lake, you got to ask yourself: Is that pushing bait north? You know, uh, you know, which which is the way the current on Lake of the Woods flows. It flows north and goes out of the lake. And you know, it's interesting with with the current on Lake of the Woods. It actually flows. It actually flows north, and uh, um, it goes all the way to Kenora, where there's a dam. And then from Kenora, it goes out through Lake Winnipeg. Um, and then it goes up to uh, Hudson Bay, where the polar bears are. I mean, that's that's quite a watershed. That's a huge watershed. It's funny, you know, you think about Lake of the Woods and how big it is, and you think about going from the Rainy River to the Northwest Angle, and it and it keeps going for quite a ways after that. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's. <laughs> you figure, Brett. You know, we've talked about this before, but you know, Lake of the Woods. You know, you got the Rainy River, which you know it's sixty. It's about sixty miles to. Um, Badette from the dam at Rainy Lake, right? So it's 60 miles to Rainy River, that's 12 miles to the, the gap or, or where it runs into uh, Lake of the Woods. That's 72 miles of river. And then you got Lake of the Woods, not over a million acres. We share it with, uh, you know, uh, Canada. So um, you got the United States, you got Canada, you got Manitoba and Ontario that have the share of the lake. And then you talk about 14,552 islands. And then you talk about 65,000 miles of shoreline. <laughs> and then that 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 current, you know, the Rainy River is really pushing things through, but then that current really creates a lot of fishing opportunities. Whether it's on the south end where people are fishing current breaks off the river, um, or where where the gaps come into Lake of the Woods where there's water flowing into Lake of the Woods, all the way up through, you know, when you get up to the islands, that current becomes more pronounced because, you know, when you're in a big open body of water, the current goes through real slow, right? But it's still moving. But when you get it constricted where you got a couple islands close together and that water's got to move through those islands, that's creating you know, more, more rapid uh, water flow. And you know, that can create some good fishing opportunities too. So the whole, the whole fishery is just kind of neat that way. The other thing that's kind of cool is on the south end, you know, it's more, uh, it's more the sandy and, and that sort of thing. When you get up to the Northwest angle, that's where, you know, the Canadian shield begins. And that's why we have all the islands up there. Hey, you were filming a couple of TV shows today, not just one, but two. Yeah. Yeah, we were, you know, so we had Larry Smith outdoors up here and yeah, Larry's always a great guy to film with, uh, uh, he's with a lot of energy, fun guy, good fisherman, you know. And we uh, we did a river, sh- kind of did some river stuff with him. And basically, that river stuff was, uh, um, you know, fishing, you know, for kind of a mixed bait. So we did some some casting um, for, you know, pike and bass and stuff like that. Well, you know, just working shorelines and bays, we caught pike, we caught nice smallmouth, we caught uh, a few nice walleyes, which are sitting in the shallows and the weeds, which is kind of, you know, you, you never know what you're going to get in Lake of the Woods, right? And then. Uh, you know, we fished sturgeon, and, you know, we didn't hammer the sturgeon. Man, this weekend they hammered them. I mean, the pictures this weekend, those fish were just, they're eating. There must have been a, a big feeding window. But uh, we, we only got a few. We got a, a couple of small ones, and I got probably a 40, maybe a 45-incher. So they weren't biting real, real good. But uh, but still, nonetheless, we got a few. And then uh, and then Jason Hauser was in town? Yeah, J- Jason Hauser. And we, we both know Jason Hauser from our association of Great Lakes Outdoor Writers. But really a good guy, him and his wife, Lottie. And uh 
Yeah, he's got a, a show called Bone Wild TV, and uh, it's on the Pursuit Network. But he uh, he was in town, and he went on a charter boat one day, and uh, they got a bunch of walleyes. And then today I did something a little different with him. I took him in my boat, and we went uh, – actually, it was kind of windy today. So we went on Zippo Bay, and we just went did some casting, and then I, I trolled some crankbaits. You know, a lot of that water in Zippo Bay is at, uh, you know, seven, eight feet of water, perfect for trolling. And we ended up catching uh, some some pike. Uh, we caught uh, – a couple walleyes. One was an eater. One was a 25-incher. Nice fish. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, we, we just we, we only fished a, a short time and actually did really good for the time we fished. Well, that's not something you really think about too often. You don't hear about that too often, but another option on a on a blow day or something like that to, to go into Zippo Bay and pull cranks for walleyes. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, you got you got the resort here that you can drop in at, or and it's got a nice barn restaurant. Otherwise, the Zippo Bay State Park is a great way to mm-hmm. put it in, too. It's got a real nice access. But then, you know, even even just, you know, when it's a blow day, there's 42 miles of navigable Rini sure. River. you got yeah. four-mile bay at the mouth of it. I mean, there's a lot of places that duck out of the wind, but Zippo Bay is a kind of a sleeper spot. Well, that's and that's what I'm saying, because I know we talk about the river all the time in four-mile, but, yeah. uh, you know, Zippo. And that is a nice – I've used that launch there at uh, uh, at the state park before, and that is a nice spot right there. Isn't that nice? It's, it's real new, and it's a lot of room there and uh, beautiful in there. You know, just absolutely gorgeous in there. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, Joe. Well, there's still time yet this summer. And of course, uh, I want to get up there this fall for a cast and blast. We've talked about it for a number of years. I guess we did do it. We did a, uh, we, sh- we shot Canada geese and some of the fields one year for Prairie Sportsman, but I want to do a cast and blast on the water, shoot some ducks on the water and do some fall fishing. So I'm going to start thinking about a fall trip up there, but it's not too early to start thinking about your ice fishing trip to Lake of the Woods too. And if people want to learn more about making a trip up to the big lake, what should they do? You know what? Hey, check out our website, and that is lakeofthewoodsmn.com. Northern Minnesota's Walleye Factory is a year-round world-class fishing destination. The perfect getaway this summer is just a short drive to Lake of the Woods. Fish Big Traverse Bay, the Rainy River, or visit the unique Northwest Angle. To catch big fish, you have to go where the big fish are. Plan your trip to Lake of the Woods at lakeofthewoodsmn.com. That's lakeofthewoodsmn.com. Now it's time to head up to Ottertail Lakes Country and check in with Eric Osberg. Dan Amundsen is with us, too, here now. Uh, Eric, how you doing, man? I'm good. How are you, Brett? I'm doing well. I am excited to be doing some late fall fishing, but everything in me is starting to think about hunting season, Eric. We're getting close. We're getting close. It's right around the corner. I, you know, obviously I get excited about upland hunting. I get excited about waterfowl hunting. And Ottertail County is actually really good for both of those things, too. But I have been seeing some pictures of some bucks from Ottertail County that just make me want to just pack everything and move there right now. Well, you should. You should. First of all, you should do that. Just pack up. We'll, <laughs> we'll get you. We'll get you settled in. We'll find your place. Perfect. Um, yeah. Ottertail, if you want to sh- shoot big bucks, if you want to shoot deer in general, if you if you want to harvest a deer this year, uh, Ottertail County is arguably one of the best places in the state of Minnesota to do it. And in, and in fact, uh, Matthew Brewer did an article a few years ago. Uh, I can't remember the name of the publication, but uh, they analyzed the Boone and Crockett scores yeah. for trophy whitetail, and and guess which county was number one? Yeah, I think I know. Otter- Ottertail County, right? Like we, so we have trophy bucks. Um, and everybody thinks of the Southeast, Eric. 
Yeah, they do. And, and, and that's, that's great too, right? Like there's some really good, and that's a whole different ball game with the bluff country and the Hills and all that stuff. But Ottertail County, man, it's just that it's that perfect balance of you've got wetland. Right? So deer, deer like water, right? You've got crops, deer, deer like to eat stuff, you know, crops and stuff, right? To yeah. the, to the, dismay of some some farmers <laughs> right and then and then you've got what you know so you've got this perfect blend of of woodland wetland and agriculture land and there's there's just there's big bucks from border to border i would say within Ottertail county it's a neat area you know it when you're getting into it too because i'll drive through it all the time when i drive north or, or if i'm driving there but a lot of times when i drive north i drive right through it and it's like flat ag country, which don't get me wrong, I love the prairie, but it's like flat yep. ag country, and all of a sudden the hills start to roll. <laughs> it's yep. like, oh, and the roads the start road to curve. Start, <laughs> the roads start to curve, and then there's a lake, and yeah, then there's they, another lake, and then yeah. there's another lake, right? Like it's yep. just, yeah, it's this pretty magical spot on the map where it's got everything you need. And there's a lot of, you know, a lot of this is, is you know, I, I, I don't know if this is controversial or not, but, but you know, quality, quality deer management, right? Like, yeah. There's a, there's a lot of, you know, because there's a lot of private land in, in Ottertail County and a lot of folks, um, manage for quality deer, right? Like it, it, teach their own, but, but they've got their own systems and their own things. You know, I've heard, you know, some hunting groups, you know, if it's a, if it's a, a, a hunter's first year, whether it's a kid or an adult, they, they kind of can fill whatever tag they want. But after that, it's, it's eight points or bigger. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so there's a lot of folks passing on a lot of, of, of smaller bucks. Um, I haven't checked the regs. I, I think there's, there's multiple tags available this year in this, in this area. I haven't double checked it, but, but you know, um, I, I remember I was, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say the new regs just came out too. And, uh, we were just looking those over. So, uh, things might be a little bit different. So depending on what your normal, uh, deer permit area is, you want to make sure that you do check yeah. the new regs this year to see if there's been any changes because they have changed some, uh, some limits in different areas, uh, different areas of the state, Eric. I, 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 I glanced at it, right? Like I saw it, it came across my timeline or my newsfeed or whatever. And I took a glance at the map and I, I, I don't even want to say, but I, it looked like a, like it, it looked like more than one. Let's sure. just say that it, it, I, you know, I would recommend everybody to your point, double check and triple check and make sure you're within the regs. But I, I an interesting story. I was, I was working the, the, the gathering, which is a decoy show, um, hmm. spearing decoy show this spring. And, and the guy sitting in the booth behind me was from up North and, and he was big into deer hunting. And, and I, we were talking about deer hunting and he was talking about how he's been struggling up North because the population is according to him in that area, pretty down. I'm like, dude, just come down here, like <laughs> pack up the kid. And, and he had his kid with him. I'm like, pack up the kid and you know, we'll find you somebody to hunt with. Cause if you're just looking to put meat in the freezer, especially right. Like if you're using it for sustainable food, I, it'd be pretty, I, I think it'd be hard not to come home with meat in the freezer. So no deer, deer hunting around here is, is special. And, um, and you know, there's not a ton of public hunting land, but, but, you know, 
Maplewood State Park, for example, some years, I don't know if they're going to do it this year, but some years they have a special deer hunt within Maplewood State Park. Sure. Um, you know, so there's, you know, you go to the DNR website, do your looking around, and, and you should be able to find some some wildlife management areas uh, where you, you should be able to, to get in a stand or get in a blind and, and, and have a crack at a, if not a trophy deer, at least uh, some meat in the freezer. Yeah, and that can always be the problem for deer hunting. Um, yeah. You know, finding finding access, finding places to go, and obviously you can go online and see where public lands are. You can use OnX and find some places, yep. and you are yep. going to have a lot of deer up there. And you might have a little bit of competition on some of those public lands, but, uh, you know, get there early or be safe or whatever. And I'm not going to ever knock anybody either for filling the freezer because that's what I like to no. do too. And yeah. if you're taking a, a legal deer... But I will say something about quality deer management. If you want more bigger deer, that's that's the way to go, right? You've got to right. pass up some of those smaller animals if you want them to grow a little bit and get a little bit bigger. But uh, but yeah, you know, especially if there's a kid or whatever, or if you only got a buck tag and you like to eat meat, you know, I'm not going to knock you for it. But no. you can't you can't shoot those deer and then complain about not having trophy deer around. Right. Yeah. And, and, and it's, a, it's all about balance, right? Like with anything outdoors related, it's all about finding that balance between wants and needs and, 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 and taking a conservative do no harm approach. So, so yeah, but uh, no, we invite, we invite folks to come up here and, and if you're not into deer hunting, I mean, there's, there's ample waterfall. You mentioned it in the beginning, you know, the goose hunting around here is, arguably some you know it's pretty darn you know i don't want to say it's the best in the state but you know i can i can confidently say that according to one magazine one year we were the best deer hunting and i could confidently say i don't know who's got better goose hunting around than, than we do around here but we got some pretty good goose hunting there's a little bit of pheasant you know down towards the southern border Hey, that's you know, a you're around. Don't be telling people yeah. about those oh, pheasants. Sorry, right there. forget to scratch that. Dan, <laughs> Dan can you can you edit it that. so I say grouse or something like that? Um, <laughs> there's uh, there's a little bit of that. There's not a ton of grouse hunting around here, um, but uh, no, it's a it's a it's a pretty cool place to come. As you know, and maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves here, Brett. But yeah. fall fall it's right is it's right around the corner, and I, I, I and I'm a salesman. I am biased. But I don't think there's a better place to be in fall than Ottertail County because it's got it, – because of the variety, right? Like the yeah. fall colors are awesome. You've got the fall fishing, which is my thing. You've got great hunting. You've got great trails, whether it's hiking or biking or paddling. I mean, fall – if you've never – you know, we're really busy in the summer, right? Like our, our summer season is pretty darn busy. And if somebody's looking for their first or another Ottertail County experience – um, I would, I fall, if you haven't been here in fall, you haven't been here is the way I would put it. It's, it's a special place in the fall. Do you know anything about the power plant there? Is that shut down? I, I don't know. No, I don't know, Brett. I, I know that there's, I, it would all be anecdotal rumor speculation if, if I said anything about it. Okay. Um, so I don't know what the, what the future of the plans, you know, there's talk of shutting it down. I, I don't, you know. I don't know if that's happening or not. I don't know what that'll do to the waterfall population because I know that's a big part of the reason that they do <coughs> use this as a travel, uh, you know, as a, a staging as a, area. Yeah, and, and obviously you got the river, and that's that'll stay open still no matter what. So you'll still have some birds around. But that's been the big question mark about fall goose hunting up there. But let's talk fishing, Eric. Um, yeah, it's it's been real dry this summer. A little bit south. You know, I think you guys are right 
kind of on that southern edge of where all the that moisture pattern has been this year. You know, we've had some severe storms roll through a little bit south of you guys there where we're at. Uh, but otherwise, we've been real dry, and our water levels are pretty low. Where are you guys sitting right now? I would say we're normal. Uh, the wife and I were out uh, Monday night. We had a date night in the boat. Um, and uh, I, when I got, I, I wasn't paying particular attention to the water level, but I didn't, I didn't get there and go, oh my gosh, this is so low. Um, I feel like we're pretty normal. I mean, we've obviously come down a ton from where we were this spring, which was way above normal. Um, so I think we had such an ample early season supply of moisture. And then we've gotten, you know, June was like, it rained, it stormed pretty much all of June up here. And and so July, we've had a few systems roll through. So I don't, you know, it's probably drier than than normal right now as far as ground goes. As far as lakes or water levels go, uh, I would say with with the with a few exceptions, I would call it normal. So if you're looking, you know, if you're looking for a place to put a boat in, I, you know, again, I I didn't I, didn't, I don't think you'd have any problem in Ottertail County getting on any lakes because of because of water levels. And do you think it'd be fairly easy to find walleyes this time of year, or do you do you struggle a little bit? Oh, dude, I'm on a str- I'm driving the struggle bus right now. I'm not only on the struggle bus; I'm, it's my fault. I, it's, I, and I, it's not like I've been dedicating days and days and days to it. You know what I mean? But the few times I've been out, it's been it's been a struggle. Um, I, 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 I will say this, and again. I uh, sound like a broken record here, but the bass fishing is phenomenal. I took, we had a high school fishing event last week and I took a kid out. I, Willie was gone. So it was just me and the other student angler. And we, there was a lake we had never fished before. I had never fished before. Um, not a big lake, not a whatever, but, and so I, I'm like, well, let's go try look for some deep weeds, whatever. And we got, the kid got a 20-inch bass. He got an 18-inch bass. We got 17-inch bass. I got a 37-inch pike. Um, and then, so that was the pre-fish. And so we were, you know, we'd find fish and then he'd stick a giant or I'd stick a giant and then we'd leave him alone. We went back during the competition. We're like, all right, here's our spot number one. Five minutes in, he sticks an 18-inch bass. Five casts later, he sticks a 17-inch bass. And and then we and then we had them. We knew where they were. They were schooled up. We were getting bit, and I lost a giant, and he lost a giant. And then the, and then and then and then we could never connect. We kept. I mean, we caught fish all night long, but we never got over. You know, we, so we took seventh in the event. We were we were thinking. You know, after those first two fish, I'm like, we got a shot, dude. We need two more of those, and we're up there. But um, so. I, I, again, the walleyes are scattered in, you know, I, I do, I, I can say, believe it or not, there's still some shallow. Um, I don't know if you've talked to Randon lately, but, and I don't want to divulge any secrets that he hasn't already divulged, but he's pulling crankbaits during the day up on top of shallow water. Oh boy. That's so crazy. And he's catching fish. Yeah. It's so crazy. Did he tell you how fast he's trolling? No. Are you Okay. You have, I'm going to, I'm not going to, it's fast. It's faster <laughs> than you would think. I'm not going to, now I'm, now I'm in trouble. Power I, broke, I broke, I broke, I broke the, uh, I broke the circle of trust here. But <laughs> next time you get Raymond on the phone, ask him about his daytime trolling habits 
and see what he'll tell you. Because right. um, th- that's how he's been putting walleyes in the boat for his customers. I do. I, I, I do think actually he did tell us last time we talked to him that he was he was moving, you know, kind of moving over him pretty fast, and it was more of kind of a reaction thing, I think. And, yeah. Uh, and finding fish. So hey, gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah. What it, whatever yeah whatever you got to do and that's you know it, it it's you know i don't know it's and so i've been i've again the good news is that trolling bite you know it's only it's going to get better and then it's going to get better then it's going to get even better than that then and then it's going to get better and then it'll be winter you know what i mean like i i've trolled baits in november i've trolled crankbaits in the snow and and it, it can be i mean some of my best nights ever have been late fall, hmm. you know, October, you know, late October and everybody else is hunting. So you do have the whole, and there's no, you know, there's no jet skis. There's no oh, yeah. pleasure boaters out there. Like Perfect. you get the whole, and you know, sun goes down at six or seven or whatever. And moon comes out and that, 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 that bite is still to come. So Man, it'll I, get better from here. I love fall so much. I, I do tend to, to end up hunting more than fishing, but last year I, I tried to dedicate some more time to fishing and I caught two of the bigger walleyes I've ever caught in my life last year during the fall. So there's no doubt. I'm sure I'm going to spend a little bit more time on the water uh, this fall as well. And maybe I will do some of that in Otter Tail Lakes country as well. Eric, if people want to learn a little bit more about Otter Tail County, what should they do? They can find their inner otter at ottertaillakescountry.com. Sporting Journal Radio is a division of Macaba LLC. If you've got a question, comment, or story idea for us, send us an email. Go to sportingjournalradio.com. While you're there, you can learn how to advertise on the show and visit our store for hats, hoodies, coffee mugs, and more. Go to sportingjournalradio.com.